Welcome to the New Author Podcast with your hosts, Jerry Evanoff and Lindsay Evanoff. The super siblings will take you through their days as they write, publish, and market their books. They'll talk about their successes, their mistakes, and everything in between. And occasionally, they'll veer off into tangents that will most likely be discussion of which episode of The Office is their favorite. Seriously, they talk about The Office a lot. So sit back, relax, and prepare to be educated and entertained, but mostly entertained. New Author Podcast. Today is May 8th, 2022. This is episode number 165. Uh, I am one of the hosts of this podcast, Jerry Evanoff, and joining me, as he does, is Rich Casey. Rich, how are you? As he does, yes. As, <laughs> as he great. does. <laughs> it's yeah. been a good week. Uh, it's been a really quiet week in Lake Wobegon here. It's uh, I got uh, my, as I mentioned last week, I got the edits out to the developmental editor, or the, the rough draft out to the developmental editor, and she didn't get them back because she had some uh, family issues, and she's doing construction at her house, and so it, it took her a while to get it back. I got it back this morning. I haven't even really looked at it. So I didn't have much of anything to do but play around with outlining this week, which is what I'll talk about later. I'm surprised because I think I would have felt like a kid at Christmas where I wanted to open it as, as soon as she sent it and just see what she said. You didn't, well, you didn't feel the I need did, to do that at all? I'm, I'm, I am like a kid at Christmas. You know, I carefully unwrapped the paper and packed, peeked in the box and then wrapped it back up really quick but <laughs> before nice. anybody saw. But I didn't take a look at it in depth. I do know the major thing that uh, I've got a problem with, and I knew it going in. So I, I can mention some of that later on, too. I'll give, I'll give a more detailed recap next week once I get okay. into the weeds on it. Good. I've, I've never done, like, a developmental editor edit with someone where you just send them the whole thing, and then they basically go through the whole thing and send it back. So I really am interested in hearing what she had to say. And, like, was she – I'm curious, like, was she – and I'm, I'm not – I'm going to use the word mean, but that's not what I mean. I mean, like, how how – critical was she or I, I, I don't know how to ask that question, but I'm, I'm really curious to hear what she says. Well, I mean, she was uh, in, in her letter that she sent with it. She, she was, you know, complimentary on the writing, you know, here's, here's some major things that need to be addressed basically. And the main thing I have, I think to address is I wrote this in multiple POVs. I think as I talked about a little bit last week uh, or the week before I wrote it in multiple POVs and as I got towards the end, got not really bored, but just got kind of worn out writing it and tended to drop POVs without really wrapping up why they were dropping. And, you know, she picked up on that pretty easily. That and she really has the opinion that multiple POVs is not a good way to write a story. That readers in general don't like multiple POVs. Uh, I'm not sure what to think about that, and I have to maybe look in more detail at the comments she made concerning the multiple POVs, because you know I've read plenty of stories that have multiple POVs, uh, and you know fantasy is is one that that does that all the time, and romance too. As, as a matter of fact, you'll often get. You know, POV from the male and the female side alternating chapters. So I, I really don't know. You know. Hopefully in the report she sent along with it, uh, which was many, many pages long. Uh, <laughs> right. That she'll, uh, you know, she, so she went to some depth about her reasoning for suggesting certain things. So that, that'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Okay. 
right, so let's get to my stats. Um, book one of my murder mysteries, uh, book one of my murder mystery book, um, uh, is a, a series, I guess, is up 816 words to 52,737. Uh, another really good week, even though only 816 words, as I just continue to run through the, the chapters I had already written, uh, before I did all my plotting. Um, Mailer Light, I'm hanging in there at 860. Again, I haven't done anything to increase or decrease that. I don't know when I'm going to do that, uh, but I don't want to just let it die. So I'm going to have to do something at some point. And then last week's goal was to get through chapter 18, which is what I had actually written complete chapters of. And turns out I achieved the goal kind of because it, as, as I went back, and was going through it. I only wrote the first 17 chapters, not 18. Chapter 18 was like this mix of, I feel like I had started writing it and realized, okay, I need to plot this thing. And I just stopped. And and there's about 800 words in there, but 400 of them are like notes. And the other 400 are just scattered uh, where I had started writing the chapters. So it was only 17 that it turned out I needed to get through uh, of the, of the chapters I had written uh, um, before I plotted everything. So I did get through that. I uh, got through it yesterday. I didn't have, you know, I always talk about wanting six writing sessions. I think I only had four this week for a variety of reasons, but I did get through and, and achieve the goal I wanted, I wanted to uh, uh, achieve, which was get through all the chapters I'd already written. Yeah. Well, that's, that's always a plus when you can achieve at least one goal. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. Well, I did achieve at least one goal this week. I did not do what I wanted to do, which was to get back into a routine. I did not go to the gym once this week. Okay. I did not, uh, really have a a set writing session this week. I just kind of grabbed minutes here and there during the day to do things. What I did end up doing is starting on an outline for this prequel that I'm going to do for the the new series. And actually, it went surprisingly well. Uh, I was, I, I did what you suggested and what, you know, other people suggest as well. I just sat down with a bunch of stack of note cards and just started writing out one line scene descriptions of, of the story. Uh, and knowing that I had to keep it brief because I wasn't going to write a full novel for a prequel. I wanted to do something more in the novella uh, length of the 20 or 30,000 words. So I ended up with about uh, 13, 14 chapters, depending on how I decided to split it out. Uh, kind of made sense what I had down. Uh, got in the, the, some of the backstory or, or if not most of the backstory that I was interested in presenting in this, in this prequel. And then went back uh, through it a second time, expanded on some of the things, still on a, a three by five index cards for each of the chapters. Turned out to be you know, roughly, I think I probably ended up with about eight to nine hundred words, something like that for the, uh, for the outline at this point. And then I got sidetracked about midweek into reading a book called How to Write a Damn Fine Mystery by, okay. a, guy named, by a guy named Frey, F-R-E-Y. And he's written a number of how-to books in terms of writing fiction, as well as writing a, a handful of novels himself that were published. And I'm not, I can't exactly remember when this book was published, but a lot of his stuff was done you know, earlier in the pre-Kindle days. Um, so I started reading this book and I'm thinking as I'm going along, as you do after you've been reading a number of books and, uh, on writing and have been at this for a little bit, even though, you know, we don't really have, I don't really have a whole lot out there published at the moment. I started thinking to myself, well, you know, I've heard this before, you know, I've read this before. And then I started realizing, you know, it's more than just that. I've read these literal words before. 
I don't know where I read this book previously, but I have read it. I I must have had either an a, uh, electronic copy or a digital copy of the book. I must have checked it out from the library. I'm not exactly sure where I came across it. But it reminded me of a lot of things that I should be doing probably as a plotter, that, but that have always turned me off, which he's a big proponent of developing your characters and their backstory before you actually do any writing so that you have a real clear idea of what it is you're striving for in each chapter in terms of how, how the characters are acting, you know, what their goals and motivation are. It's, you know, it's a lot like what's in the, the story grid and what's in that Udemy video, only you know a little bit more explicitly about how you should go about it structurally. Because one of the things he, he proposes that you do and that would make for a what he called a, a damn fine story is that you not only develop a plot, but you de- develop a plot that's behind the plot so that for each chapter you write, you not only write what's going on in terms of what readers will see on the page, but then you on a separate document or something on the side, you also write what the other characters who aren't on screen are up to and what they're doing so that you keep a coherent thread throughout the story of how all these characters are affecting each other, uh, whether or not they actually show up on the page. And that, that helps, supposedly, that will help with, in terms of the reader and what they, what they read, it will give, they won't see a lot of that stuff, but they will get the sense of it in the way in which you actually write the scenes that you're writing. Now, I don't know how that's going to work out, but I, I decided that, okay, I'm going to take the plunge since I've taken the plunge already in trying to plot this. I might as well do go whole hog. So I started developing uh, more distinct character profile work. And w- one of the things that goes along with that is writing a two, three page journal entry sort of thing where the character is essentially talking to you as the author telling you, you know, what they're, how they think, what they, what they are seeing as their goals and motivation in the story. It's, it's, it's kind of a strange process, but it's something that, you know, I'll give it a go and see what happens. Uh, I, I don't know if that makes sense to you or not. But, uh, yeah, that's interesting because it's almost like you're, you know, you're learning the characters ahead of time so that when you sit down and write the actual novel, you'll already know how, one character is going to respond to another character based on knowing their background and their life story. It's, it's a lot of like when I wrote um, my first science fiction book, I pictured a lot of my characters as people I know so that when I thought to myself, okay, this person's going to say this to this other person, how are they going to respond? Well, that person is based on a buddy of mine. How would he respond? And that's what I did. So it's interesting that you're actually learning. You're, you're almost, you're fleshing out these 3d characters before you even write the story. It's really interesting. Right. And it's, uh, you know, it's the exact opposite of pantsing, where you would learn that stuff as you went through the story. Uh, and as a result, you ended up, you end up making, when you're pantsing, you end up making a lot of false starts. You end up making a lot of, uh, writing down a lot of things that don't end up in the final draft. There's a lot of things that should be in the final draft that aren't there. So you have to do a lot of back and forth, you know, the, the cycling that you talk about in terms of the way in which, you know, Dean Wesley Smith proposes you write you basically <laughs> yeah. do you basically are trying to cut out a lot of that cycling by doing it up front um i'm sure he would object to it because you know his whole shtick is that 
you take the immediacy and and the freshness of your writing out when you do plotting. Uh, I don't, you know, I, that may be true to some extent, but I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how this novella goes when I actually sit down to write it. I can really see how it's going to help me a lot because I have trouble ending stories more so than starting them. I never, I don't have blank page syndrome that they talk, that people talk about. I never have anything called writer's block. I would call writer's block. Sometimes I just lack motivation, don't want to do the work. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I don't have any block. There's always, the voices in my head are always loud and strong. Uh, so we'll see whether they get really quiet and don't want to talk because there's a plot for me to follow or, or if this having an outline will actually help me finish the story and not get, you know, two thirds of the way through and, and, and really have the niggling thought in the back of my mind. That I don't have any idea what I'm doing and I don't know where this is going, which, which happens a lot when I'm free writing or, you know, pantsing. Yeah. I think I've so. said on this podcast that I don't believe in writer's block. I believe in plotter's block. So if you have writer's block, go plot. And if you have plotter's block, go write. Right. Um, right. Yeah. I just, I just think that it's just, you're not, the only reason you don't know what to write is because you're not, you just don't know what to write. Um, right. And the best way to yeah, figure yeah. that out is just go write. So. Right, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah. What you put down doesn't have to end up in the story. I mean, right. it's okay. Yeah. I mean, part so, really, for, for me, I don't know about for you, but for me, the whole enjoyment of do, even doing this is the actual sitting down and writing. Now, for me, it's a physical process because I'm writing a pen on paper. So I get, the, you know, the tactile feel and, you know, I'm doing things with my fingers and stuff. Uh, so, you know, that part of the thing is what's so enjoyable to me. The rest of it is kind of work because not, once I get past that first draft stage, then I'm thinking, okay, how do I make this so that the reader really understands it? So what I'm having to do now is just ask myself that question only up front. How do I put this together in a, in a jigsaw puzzle kind of way that the reader will understand what's going on and will get to the end of the mystery and be, and be able to say to themselves, oh, I see what, why that happened in chapter two or whatever. Yeah, and and you'll we'll get to my favorite part uh, later in the podcast because I have a question for you that has to do with okay. that. Um, it's funny I looked part, up. What's that? Your favorite part's editing, right? Yeah, it's it's the yeah. it's and it's the thing that I did yesterday. And I will be honest with you, I was I was giggling like a little child as I was coming up with this idea. And I don't know if it's a good idea. I don't think I don't even know if the reader's going to even notice it or care. But it just made me so happy when I thought, oh, I'm going to do this. Oh, 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 I'm going to do this here, too. It just made me so happy. I mean, it was, I was sitting in a hothead burrito just laughing like crazy because what I was doing. And I don't even know if it's going to matter. So um, it's funny. I looked up this book, How to Write a Damn Good Mystery. And it's uh, James Fry is his okay. name. And, and and I think you said Frey. And I, I, I don't know if it's Fry or Frey. I always, I've always pronounced it Fry. And when I say always pronounce it Fry, it's because – you know, the books that really inspired me to write, probably the biggest inspirations for me to write my science fiction were I, the I Am Number Four series. And they okay. were written, they were written by, um, a, a pseudonym, Pittacus Lore, who was also the villain in the series. But Pittacus Lore is actually the, the, the name, the pen name, or whatever you want to call it, of James Fry and another guy. And it's, do you remember the book A Million Little Pieces that Oprah yeah. loved? And then all of a sudden he right. had all the contracts. That was also written by James Fry. Oh, okay. the problem is, okay. is the how to write a damn good mystery is a different James Fry than all the other ones I just mentioned. So uh, okay. I, okay. as you were talking, I was clicking around going, wait, is it the same one? And it turns out it's not the same one. So that would have been too but cool I, if it was. Yeah, it really would have. I, I, I'll, uh, I'll link to it though in the show notes for anybody who wants to read it. I might take a look at it myself. Um, cause I, 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 I love story structure. I'll read anything on story structure. So yeah. There's another book, uh, that I was going to recommend this week 
Uh, it's called The Writer's Idea Thesaurus. And I don't know if you've ever seen it or not. I think I have. Uh, by, by a guy named Fred White. And, and basically what it is, it's a bunch of chapters broken out by genre where he gives situations that provide prompts for stories. And he's got this particular methodology that suggests you go through in terms of choosing one, two, three of these situations and combining them, seeing how you can mash them together in order to create a story. This is really for people who have trouble coming up with stories. That's it. Yep. That's yep. It. I have it also. I have the, the paperback. Yeah. yeah. I, I bought it some time ago. I had never opened it. And since I was starting this new novella, I kind of knew where I wanted to go with the novella. But I said, well, I'm going to open this up anyways and see what's in here. I think it's a really it's a good resource. It may be a really good resource if especially for people who are attempting to do a new genre that they haven't written before. Because it gives them some idea. He goes through all the main genres and some of the subgenres that you can think of and and from his experience uh extracts what some of the major plot points and major major storylines that he's seen in publishing uh before. And, and puts them down in a short two or three sentence form. So I'm pretty sure I used it when I was writing my my prequel. I'm sorry, my novella, because I wasn't sure what to do with a couple of my characters. And, oh, okay. and the same way that I use the uh, the emotion thesaurus, um, I'll think of it. I'll, I'll have I'll be writing in the I'll be in the middle of something, and I'm not. I'll, I'll be like, well, what do I do with this? Where do I go with this? And I'll literally just open to a random page and go, yeah, that works. And I do the same thing with the emotion thesaurus. So like sometimes my characters act a certain way strictly on the randomness of where I opened the page. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, I may have to try that if I run into that kind of problem. And there's one more book I've got. I'm, I was kind of book heavy this week and didn't finish anything, but I started a whole bunch of them. And this one is um, written by a guy named Matt Wallace. I don't know if you've ever heard, heard of him or not. He's a, he's pretty, he's got a pretty decent presence on Twitter. He has a podcast that he does with Mer Lafferty called Ditch, Ditch Diggers. That won the um, what's that big science fiction prize that they have? The, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, oh, I oh, well, can't think of it. Anyways, um, but it's called the Supervillain's Guide to Being a Fat Kid. <laughs> okay, it's a middle grade novel, but it's his. He has excellent writing. My my wife took it and sat in the bathtub for four straight hours and read it cover to cover. Uh, so that's how enthralling it is. So it's, it's a, it's a good read. Um, if you, if you want to see what's going on in a, <clears throat> excuse me, in a professional writer's world in terms of how he, uh, how he does his craft kind of pretty much at, at the top of his craft, this is a good book to look at because middle grade is not that easy to write. It's, uh, people think it is okay. You're just writing for kids, but it, it takes a special, talent to be able to boil down real world situations for for kids uh who really don't have any agency in their life and this is kind of what he what he's done with this what uh what age hugo, hugo, hugo award that's what oh, he yeah. won the hugo award for his for the podcasts that him and Mer lafferty do what um, age would you call middle grade i think they technically call middle grade up to uh maybe 14 i believe so it's like 10 to 14 Something and like, the, is the long, young long adult long. after that? Is young adult come after that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Young adult would be basically 14 to 18 or so, and then after 18 would be considered new adult. But, it, you know, it all go, boils down to, you know, how much 
on the page sex and violence and stuff right. that you have. And, and to some extent, the kind of topics you deal with. Uh, middle grade books often deal in issues of abandonment and lack of power and uh, you know, again, just the, the fact that as a child, you don't have agency, although all the adults around you are trying to get you to act like an adult, but they won't let you act like an adult. <laughs> you know, so, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a good read. So the supervillain's guide to being a fat kid. Yeah. I'll link to all of these that we're talking about in the show notes. Um, so if you want to, if you want to uh, click on them or, or go to the show notes and see them, uh, they'll be there. And that, that's pretty much what my week was, other than, you know, again, just plugging away on the uh, bathroom remodel job, which is. How's that coming? Becoming, you know, it's, it's going okay. I'm, I'm actually getting to the point where I can almost see that I'll eventually finish it in my lifetime. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's become like a Sisyphean task where, you know, one day I'll roll that ball up the, up the mountain in which I put a bunch of, um, mud on the plasterboard and the next day i'll have the ball roll back down on me as i sand it down and try to get everything square which uh i'm in a house that was built by a contractor for himself so he kind of cut a lot of corners and literally a lot of the corners are not anywhere close to square so Uh. i'm trying to and doing this project i'm trying to square everything up and it's been kind of a nightmare in a way but it's getting there it's getting there um, did you, and I'm, I'm, I'm just going to hold up air quotes for the listeners. Did you, um, in terms of your bathroom remodel, did you plot it or pants it? Oh, pantsing it. And that's the <laughs> other thing. That, that's the other thing that takes me forever because I always do things two or three times. And, and that's just the way I've always been in my life. I just, I have always resisted planning and organizing and it drives my wife nuts. It probably drove my employer nuts. Um, but that's just the way I was wired. So this plotting of this novella is really going to be a new experience for me, and we'll see if it, if it makes me or breaks me. You, I mean, don't, I, I don't know if you've ever plotted before, but I would say that at some point you are going to veer away from your plot. You just have to know that's going to happen and, and sure. go with it. Yeah, sure. And and in reality, you know, all all pantsers uh, plot. They just do it in their head, mm-hmm. and they don't uh, oftentimes don't do it very far ahead. But you're always got, you know, you can't write a scene without having at least some idea of what's going to come next, because you always have to end that scene in a way that will lead into the next one. So and, yeah. and the same thing is with, you know, you know, a remodeling project. I have a picture in my head of what I want it to look like at the end. But what I don't have are all the steps that I need to get from the beginning to the end. And that's what takes me forever, because I do things two or three times. Or, or, you know, in something like a home remodeling project where you don't really have the luxury of doing them two or three th- times because that may result in having a roof cave in on you or something. Um, I spend a lot of time sitting there and staring off into space trying to think about what I'm going to do next. So. Yeah. Anyways, that's, that's kind uh, of my life. <laughs> that's like my week was, my week was more. My week was was pretty good, even though I only had the four writing sessions. I, I remember saying last week that I was going to do something on Monday, and then Monday came, and I just I really enjoyed having that Monday of like an optional day off of writing for me, especially after what my weekends have become, um, which is constantly on the move, never resting, uh, little not very much sleep. 
uh, and it's really nice to have that Monday off. So Monday, this past Monday, I did not do anything. I don't even remember what I did. Sunday night, I was going to watch the Hallmark movie, the mystery, and I did not do that. And then Monday, I did not do it all. So my guess is if I had to guess what I did, I'm pretty sure I just sat on my couch and watched ad-free YouTube, and it was amazing, uh, on my TV. Um, I can't. I, I, you know, I hate that they put ads on there and I hate that I have to pay to get those ads off there. But I mean, that's how the world works. The world gets, the world is run based on advertising. So, um, so it's nice to have that, that, that day off on Monday and not doing anything. I also did not write on Tuesday because of my golf league. Um, I, I potentially could have written at lunch if I wanted to, uh, but I started to work a little bit late that morning and could not take much of a long lunch. So, uh, I left my house right at four o'clock because the golf course is an hour away. It's up where, near where I used to work. And, um, but there was a question of whether or not we were going to get rained out. It was terrible weather around here. And I, I know that's a, a repeating thing on the podcast I complain about every week. And it was, again, it was terrible, but. We, we, you know, there was conversation all day. Do we cancel? Do we cancel? And I kept saying, no, we don't cancel. I feel like I could be a meteorologist if I wanted to. Um, and we got there and boom, blue skies, cold, but blue skies the entire, um, the entire night, at least for me in the third group. Unfortunately, the sixth and seventh groups were not able to finish the ninth hole because of the rain opened up. And I remember on my way home, the, the skies opened. I, I was wondering if they would get finished. So we have to kind of finagle how we do the scores. And uh, so it still counts as a golf night, which is good. But um, how do you do that? How do you do that for those so who get to finish? The league is, is nine holes. So I, let's say I play against you. Then there are nine holes, two points per hole, two for a win, one for a tie, zero for a loss. And then there's also two points for the overall my score versus your score. And it's all handicap based. But so what we did was we basically said since everybody finished eight holes, there's only 16 points available, two per hole. The ninth hole doesn't count and the overall score doesn't count because not everybody got a chance to finish the overall score. So that's how we did it. So this past week, okay. and I, I do the scores, I use Excel and I kind of had to, change Excel around a little bit for this one week so that uh, certain things didn't happen because the, some of the points didn't count. Um, but, and I had to explain it to like six people on Friday when I sent the scores out who did not read the second line of the email that said, we only had 16 points this week. The number of emails and text messages I got that said, Hey, where the scores aren't right. Why, why did we only have 16 points? And then I have to respond yeah. and say, because we didn't finish, just like I said in the original email. It's hilarious. What my buddy who helps me do the scores said that next time I should put in the subject line, please read before replying. And, yes, uh, yeah. which is nice. So that's a, that's a universal human weakness, especially yeah. when you're when you're competing with people. Yeah. All right. So Wednesday, um, I did I did two right. Did I do two? Yeah, I had two writing sessions on Wednesday. I had lunch um, at, at my favorite little sub place here in town. Started working on chapter fifteen, and then in the evening I went to Hothead to finish chapter fifteen. And I had an idea, and this is what I want your thoughts on. But I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on talking about it here. Okay. Um, and, and you can see what I wrote in the outline, but there's, it's it's more detailed than that. Th those five words I wrote, and I'm I'm looking forward to explaining it to you because again, it made me so happy while I was doing it. And I don't know if any reader's gonna care, but it just made me so happy. So, all right, Thursday, um, I had to go to the office. First time I had to go into the office to work since December 16th, and that was because we had a Christmas party, so there wasn't much work going on that day. And before that, I think it was the middle of October was the last time I was in the office. Um. We don't really have desks. We have what are called hot desks, which is if you only go in once a week, you can just go in and sit where you want. And I'm hoping I got a, I got there early. I was one of the first people in the building um, as I try to work seven to four. And I got like one of the best desks. It was all set up and the monitors were nice and and uh, it was good. Uh, but I did 
when we had free lunch brought in, the, they brought in lunch every day for the first week since they were welcoming everybody back. Uh, it was Chipotle. It was like a buffet style Chipotle. I made a big giant plate and then I grabbed my, my Chromebook and I found this little cubby hole. Um, and I worked on my book for about an hour, which was nice. I got, I, I went through chapter 16, uh, chapter 16. I ran out of time before I could run it through Grammarly. So on Friday, I went to lunch at the sub place, working from home again on Friday, thankfully. Uh, went through chapter 16 again. I added some more description and emotion, but, but one o'clock hit before I had a chance to run it through Grammarly. So it still wasn't finished. So then, uh, I did not go, apparently I did not go anywhere on Friday night. I didn't write it in the outline. Um, yeah, that's, I think I did go Friday night. Uh, and I worked on 16. Yeah, I did go Friday night. I worked on 16 some more. I ran it through Grammarly, uh, started chapter 17. And then the weekend came. And this is what I talked about before, where my weekends have become this thing where like, I don't have kids, right? And I have a lot of friends who have kids that are, that are younger or, or middle school or even high school. And all they do is talk about every day how they have to run their kids to this sport and that sport and this sport. And I get tired yeah. listening to them. Um, but my weekends are busier than theirs. Uh, I get up at 5 a.m. in the summer, at least. I get up at 5 a.m., uh, go to the golf course. So this this past weekend, again, because it had rained all week, it was terrible. The golf course that I golf at is in Geneva, Ohio, which is up in the northeast corner, and it's a low spot. So if it rains, it this court this course gets soaking wet. So the course was actually closed, but you know we know the people who manage it, and we played anyway. Um, we had a foursome, and we played, and it was wet. I mean, the amount, I mean, there was standing water in most places finding, there was no, there were no dry spots anywhere. Um, but we still do it because we want to, we like to golf and it was 45 degrees and we didn't care. We want to swing the clubs, whatever. Um, I was a, a, a muddy mess from like the knees down when I got home. So I, I took a shower and then immediately grabbed my computer and went back to hothead. Uh, and I was there for a long time. I probably was there for about three hours going through chapter 17. Uh, it was a long chapter and it needed a lot of work. I remember on Thursday night, or I'm sorry, Friday night going to bed thinking, okay, tomorrow I'm going to work on chapter 17. I really hope there weren't very many notes. And I didn't go back to see what I put in there. <clears throat> sorry. And then when I opened it on Saturday, I mean, you had to page down past the notes to get to the writing. There were so many notes. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's why I've I was there. there. Yeah, it's yeah. I did not expect it, but but it's a good chapter. It's a uh, – what was the chapter about? It was – oh, it was – okay. So it was the it was the first real interrogation of who my character thinks is the bad guy. And <clears throat> there was some – there's some clues in there. There's some foreshadowing. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on in there, and I'll get to the foreshadowing later. I keep teasing that, but – um. <laughs> It took about three hours to get through it, and when I was really finished with it, I was I was really really tired. But I was happy it was done. In fact, you know how much I talk about gambling on this on this podcast. That I would, I you know, if if I had more money, I could probably come up with a gambling problem. I just can't afford to right now. Um, uh, my buddies asked me if I want to go to the casino that's local here to to watch some horse racing and do some play some slot machines, and I, I told him no, I could not. I, by nine fifteen, I was ready to fall asleep. So it was just a long day. Uh, Sunday, I got up at 5 a.m. again because I'm a glutton for punishment. And I drove back to the golf course. Uh, they were open this time, and it was we had a nice sunny day yesterday, so it was drier but still really wet. Um, came home, went to the Rite Aid, bought my mom a Mother's Day card and a gift card, and went over there for a little while. Came back, did cut my grass, redid a sidewalk, did a little bit of uh, uh, landscaping on my my mulch area in the front. Um, I mean, just they went to the grocery store like this is my Sunday. 
uh, it was very nice at like four o'clock to be like, okay, I'm done. I'm resting now. And so I did no writing today either. So I had four writing sessions, but I still got through chapter 17, which was great. Now I did a little bit of math. Um, chapters through chapter 17, I have, so I, I think I mentioned earlier, I have 51, 52,737 total words. Um, through chapter 17, I have 41,590 words. The other 12, uh, 11,000 or so words are all just the plotting from chapter 18 through 49, so it's just a couple paragraphs per chapter. So 41,590 through 17 chapters. I did a little cross-multiplication, and that means the chapters average 2446, and if I multiply that by the 49 chapters I have, this book is going to be 119,000 words and 819,877 words. That seems like too many. I don't know. You know, it, well, what do you, you're not really writing a cozy mystery, right? No, you're writing no. more of a traditional mystery. It's yeah, it's like an act, you know, it has an action ending. I mean, it's it's not so just Perot gets him in a room and says, "You did it, and here's how." There's a big oh. action ending. All right, so that would be like a uh, what about 340 pages, something like that? No, no, 119 is it's 220, it's 25,000 per hundred pages. So that is oh, right, okay. Oh, that's uh, right, yeah. 500 and uh, okay. yeah. seven pages. Okay, so it is getting a little bit big. Yeah, that's. I, I'm not sure what to do about this, I'll be honest with you. I'm going to keep writing it and see what happens, but maybe some of my action chapters are going to be a lot less, but it, I'm getting pretty high up there. So uh, Send it to C and she'll tell you what to cut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, exactly. No, yeah, no doubt. Um, okay, so that – and we're podcasting now. Um, I'm going – now, the one thing I did not start on that I wanted to do was the reread. I'm going to do a reread of the first 17 chapters. I'm going to read it out loud to myself um, and I, because I just want to – and I want to do it – I don't think I'm going to be able to do it in one sitting, but I want to do it quickly in one or two or three nights and then be done with it. I just want to make sure that I don't hear anything that doesn't sound um, consistent. Like, do I say, oh, this character joined the company two years ago? And then three chapters later say, oh, I was, I've been here for five years. You know, I just want to make sure I don't do anything like that. Um, that goes back to the character stuff you were talking about. Right. You know, I didn't necessarily get into a deep dive with some of my minor characters. So it's possible that I did that. So right. uh, that's something I want to maybe do tonight. But we'll see. I am so tired right now to fall asleep. So um, I don't know if I'm going to make it to 9 o'clock. We'll, you know, we'll see. So, yeah, that was my week. It was just a, another busy week for me. That's all I have now. Well, well, you're right about your weekend being uh, like a parent who's carting their kid around, maybe more so. But what you have to imagine is going to all those places to do all those things, but sitting there and watching somebody else have the fun doing them, which is what being a parent is like. <laughs> yeah, right, actually, right. You don't actually get tired from doing anything. You get tired from sitting there watching people do stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm really the parent that's carting the kid around, but I'm the kid. And I'm just kind yeah, of carting exactly. myself around, you know, throughout exactly. the weekend. It's great. So it's, I always make fun of a couple, a couple of my buddies will, will talk about, oh, you know, this and that. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, I took a nap. And then I went and played golf and they'll yeah. call me all kinds of names that I can't say on this podcast. And I'll just every, every now and then I'll just write back. Hey, it's rough being me. I know. Yeah. yeah. And then you really missed your chance on Saturday because you, if you went to the casino, you might have accidentally taken a little flutter on an 80 to one shot and. I saw that. Really brought something home. Yeah, it was an amazing race. I watched it on TV. It was. I don't uh, have the. I don't have the stones. I don't have the stones to place a bet on eighty to one though. There's no. No. Way. Yeah. Well, that would be the. That would be one of those where you take a two dollar bet, and then you just you know, you know, yeah. two dollar bet paid off one sixty. So that that wouldn't be too bad. Yeah. I mean, if you bet twenty horses, two dollars each, forty dollars, and you make one sixty, or yeah, one sixty, you're making money. So. Yeah. 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 
Well, if they were all 80 to one, but yeah. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Right. right. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. So that is my week in review. Do you want to jump to your 2022 goals? Yeah, because I think I kind of accidentally did my, my week recap earlier. Uh, basically I've got the same goals going on, except I'm going to, have to take a real close look at what, uh, the development editor sent me to see how much work I have to do on this story. The, the little I did look at, at her comments. One thing, if I am going to cut down to a single POV, then probably what I'm going to have to do is reorganize the scenes and where they appear in the series, not so much in the in the book one. Because I have some, well, I they're my, I guess I use the old Stephen King thing, or they're my darlings. There's some very good scenes I wrote. Highly descriptive, a lot of emotion, a lot of not so much action, but a lot of emotional depth to them and stuff that I really don't want to cut just because they're in somebody else's POV. So I'm going to have to try to massage this in some way that I can can keep these scenes somewhere in the series. So this may take some time for me to figure out how that's going to go. So if anything, in terms of my goals, I may end up not making the three novels this year, which wouldn't wouldn't kill me. Um, it would kind of set me back a little bit in terms of what I hope to accomplish. I mean, I've already cut it back from four to three, but um, maybe, maybe this is kind of like, you know, a beginning athlete or somebody who's starting a, a new program in school that if I take the time and I do the hard work now and be careful about how I set everything up, that it'll be much easier to continue this series going forward. I, I hope that will be the case. So if anything, I'm, in terms of my goals, I may drop down from three novels this year to two, but we'll see what happens. What about you? All right. I don't think I have any real changes in my 2022 goals. Uh, I also don't have any news. I mean, we're really, some of our categories are kind of low here. I really don't have any news this week. I was going to talk about my Amazon ads, but nothing's really changed. I think I got another click, but I haven't updated my blurb. I, you know, I haven't submitted my cover stuff yet. I don't really have any much of a change on that one. Yeah. And there's not, not really much of a change in, in terms of news for me as well. I have noticed, uh, you know, I was running Facebook ads pointing to the podcast. I did notice that they were not really performing. They're performing well in terms of what I consider, you know, the Facebook metrics in terms of the cost per clicks and the, uh, you know, the number of impressions, impressions I was getting and stuff like that. But uh, out the other end, we weren't getting the buys that I could see. We weren't getting the views of the podcast or the listens to the podcast. And I'm not exactly sure why that is. I was The ads were getting lots of likes, lots of shares. But I'm starting to think, or I started to think in the back of my head, <clears throat> excuse me, and there's allergies again, starting to think in the back of my head that uh, it's springtime, weather's getting nice all over the place. People just aren't spending that much time you know, listening to podcasts and stuff. They're doing other things. So I decided to cut the ads off, and we'll see over the next few weeks where the the uh, podcast audience goes. If it kind of stays at the at the new level that we've we've set, or if it kind of trickles off, it'll be interesting to, to see what happens. Yeah, I was going to start one up, and I didn't this week again because I was just running around, and I remembered earlier today that I hadn't started one up, and I was thinking about it, but I'll hold off. And we right. can maybe hold off for a couple of weeks and see what happens, see if it goes down. And if it goes down, maybe throw another one up there just to see, just to see what's affecting what really. Right. Or start, or start to think about, you know, new avenues for spreading the word on the podcast. Mm-hmm. 
um, which I'm not exactly sure what that would be, but uh, there must be something that we could do. We could just beg. Yeah, beg. just beg people. Yeah, <laughs> got to find a crowd to beg to though first. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, running list of future things to do. It's basically stayed the same. There's there's nothing new there. Uh, yeah, mine too. Although I will say that I'm looking at my phone where I have my list of stuff, and <clears throat> I want to add. And I'm not sure if I was going to talk about this. Yeah, I'm going to talk about this in my goals, but I'm going to talk about it now. I want. I was in the story grid today, and one of the things that that Sean suggested to Tim is that he add a column to his spreadsheet that gives a very 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 basic idea of what the chapter was a very generic you know you could write something like murder happens here or dinner with the people and and i just want to do that for two reasons number one i want to see if i have any anything repeating like do i have interrogation scene four chapters in a row because that could get kind of boring if you just do the same thing over again i also want to see what that does for the um plot like the the structure and I'm curious if that kind of structure happens for the next book that I write as a mystery. You know, will I follow that same kind of structure or will I change it a little bit, deviate a little bit from it? Um, so I'm going to add that at some point this week, I'm pretty sure. Um, so I have that on my my uh, to-do list on my phone. That was one of the things on, on my phone that I don't have in the outline. Um, I don't know. Do you keep a to-do list somewhere? No. So you know, a list that- – Having lists is another form of organization that I've just never gotten. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I do, you know, periodically I'll, I'll make a little list of something. Uh, I do that when I have to, you know, go shopping for stuff and I know things that I absolutely need. Grocery shopping is just, it's, you know, you turn me loose in a grocery store and it's just a bad, a bad scene because I'll go for two things and come back with 50. Oh yeah. Uh, because I'm one of those, I'm one of those people that just walks up and down every aisle and says, "What looks good here?" <laughs> mm-hmm. Especially, yeah, I never shop on an empty stomach. I always shop yeah. on a Sunday before I eat lunch. It's never right. smart. Um, right. uh, in terms of my addicted to, it's still Story Grid. I've been running through them pretty good, and the scam baiting uh, videos I talked about last week on YouTube, where the the guys that are really really good with computers, they know how to to shield their system from the scammers. They call up and then the scammer, then they somehow they get access. They convince the scammer to give them access to their computer without the scammer knowing it. And then they delete all their files and they swear at them and it's really funny and it makes me laugh. So I watched a bunch of those this weekend, just in the evening. I'm sorry, this week in the evenings during my, Hey, let's watch free YouTubes and be lazy at 930 at night. So yeah, my addicted to, well, I still, it's still the York peppermint patties, except now I've, graduated to the thin version instead of the thick oh. version, trying trying to cut down on calories a little bit and actually increasing the chocolate to peppermint ratio, which I oh. really like because I like dark nice. chocolate. Uh, the other thing I forgot to mention, I guess I'll drop it in here, is I, I did watch a new uh, made for Kate. Well, I don't know what they call it. Made for the intertubes, I guess. <laughs> made made for Prime, made for Amazon series. Uh, there was three episodes, kind of like that other one, uh, Innocence or Ordeal by Innocence. This one was called... Why didn't they ask Evans? Which apparently was an Agatha Christie book as well that I had never heard of. And it was written, the script was written and it was directed and acted in by Hugh Laurie, the uh, house from, uh, and also uh, Wooster and Jeeves. He played Bertie Wooster back in the day with Stephen Fry on the BBC. Uh, Really, really good. Really good. Kind of a, not really a twist ending, but a little bit of a surprising ending. Uh, it was it was a good show. I, I suggest you know if, if you're looking for something to, to watch, that would be a good thing. So that was uh, why didn't they ask Evans? And again, it was set back into in the Agatha Christie kind of uh, historical period, 
I think this was probably right after World War Two, given the kind of well, actually, probably after World War in between the wars, given the kind of cars they were driving. Uh, but yeah, that was that was kind of interesting. Uh, I, I I hope one one of these weeks to say I'm finally back to being addicted to exercise, but that <laughs> hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a tough addiction to get into. I wish so. I wish like I said, I'm sitting here drinking a Pepsi. I wish Pepsi was as, as like exercise to where I didn't want to do it, so I didn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's really easy. Yeah. Um. All right. Um. Well, it's a shorter podcast for this week for us this week with no news. It's yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um. Your wife will be happy. Uh, let's see uh what am i doing this week so tonight let's talk about tonight first um like i said i wanted to watch a hallmark movie um, a mystery one and and maybe take a little notes or at least pay attention to a few things as i went i did not do it last week uh i might do it tonight again i'm super tired i don't know how long i'm gonna make it here tonight um i'm working from home tomorrow so i can stay up a little bit longer you know i'll probably get up around 6 30 so i could stay up until like 10 30 11 and be okay but we'll see what happens tonight uh, I also want to reread, start rereading uh, a chapter one, the first 17 chapters of, of this mystery book. Uh, we'll see if I do any of that tonight. Um, I don't enjoy that. I remember with all of the books I've published so far, the last thing I do before I send them off to see is I sit and read them out loud to myself. And I usually do it over like three days. It'll be, you know, 60 chapters, 100,000 words, and I will just, I will barrel through it as best as I can. I, even when I want to stop, I'll keep going because I know that I need to get it done before I send it off to the editor. I need to correct those things where I use two words in the same sentence. I don't think that she should have to find those. Um, it's like, it's like brushing my teeth before I go to the dentist. Um, right. Yeah. So it's, uh, so I want to do that at least for these first 17. And like I said, make sure I don't have any inconsistencies, make sure, you know, any sentence, any word that I have in like two or three sentences in a row, I just want to get it out of the way now. And I know that's something, uh, Sean Coyne of StoryGrid would tell me to wait until my next draft, but, uh, I just want to go through it. I just want to read through it and make sure it's okay. Let's see. So tomorrow I'm working from home. And like I said earlier, I love having this as a, as a writing optional day, which means if I wanted to, I could get up tomorrow at 6.30. I could work 7 to 4, 7 to 4.30. I could take an hour lunch if I want to and go write, which I may do. I'm not sure yet. Or I could go in the evening and write, which I probably won't do. It's today kicked off, I believe, six or seven straight days of 75 to 85 degrees and sunny. I mean, we're going to get that every day. So, uh, I'm going to get my, I need to get, keep, keep getting my golf simulator worked, uh, worked on. I need to set up a light that I bought and I need to get my, my computer out there that I bought and just get everything set up in there. I might do that at lunch tomorrow. We'll see. Um, but I love having that as just an optional day of taking a break from, from running around constantly. That's my big problem with writing right now is that if I want to write, I have to drive somewhere. I was going to say, so you never write at home. Um, no, I, I, and that's why I didn't publish anything in 2021 because I had no routine and I wasn't working in the office at all. And either of my two jobs I had, you know, I worked one job until August and then got the new job. And in both cases, I rarely worked in the office. And even when I did work in the office at the old job, all the lunch places that I would go to were either closed or they weren't, you couldn't sit inside them at the time because of COVID. So. I just, that's why I didn't publish anything. I have to go somewhere. I've tried it a million times. I've tried it in the mornings. I've tried it at 5 a.m. You know, I've tried to do writing. Um, I tried to do a YouTube thing. You know, I, I believe it was at the end of last I year. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, that didn't go well. I tried to write with other people on YouTube. That, I mean, that was okay. But I just, I feel like I'm not very productive when I try to write at home. And I, I'd rather just, the problem is, is I lose 
you know, if I go to Hothead, I lose 20 minutes each way driving. Right. Um, you know, the, the only place in town here is the little sub place. I don't really want to go there every day. They're expensive. I don't want to go there every day. So mm-hmm. I don't, I, I have to go somewhere in order to write. Yeah. Um, so that's my Monday, Tuesday. I'm going to work from home. I'm going to try to do seven to four. I'm the la- I'm the last tea time on Tuesday. My tea time's not until six, which means I don't have to leave right at four. I could probably leave at four thirty. So I could probably do like seven thirty to four thirty, take an hour lunch and write if I want to. We'll see how it goes. I'm not really sure what's gonna happen there. Wednesday, I work from home. I'll write at lunch. Thursday, work from. I'll actually go into the office and I'll write at lunch. Uh, it's possible that Wednesday I could go in the evening. I've had about I think one day per week where I'll write at lunch, lunch and then go somewhere in the evening and do it too. Um, Let's see, Friday, I'm back to working from home, and I'll definitely go out at night, probably to Hothead and write. Uh, and again, Friday is that day where I've been doing doubles, where I write at lunch, and then, and I think it's because, it, you know, it's the end of the work week. I know the weekend's coming. If I want to write at lunch and then write in the evening, it's no big deal, although now I'm getting up at 5 a.m. on Saturday to golf. Um, yeah. <laughs> 7 a.m. tea time. Again, it's going to be sunny all week, so the course should dry out. It was so bad. It was so wet. I wear these because it's, you know, today it was 36 degrees when we started. Yesterday it was like 40, 45 degrees. Um, so I wear pants. I bought these athletic pants. They're black and they're double layered for when it's cold. And both days I, I used, I wore them on Saturday. They were dirty from about the knee down, just mud, right. cut mud. I washed them yesterday and I wore them again this morning. Same thing. They're in the washer again today. So if we get, you know, five, six straight days of sun, which is what we're getting, you know, 75, 85 degrees, Saturday, the course should be nice and dry and my ball will not plug every time I hit it and I'll get the 15, 20 yards I need to keep up with some of my competitors. Cause I do, I do not hit the ball far. So. So are you, then, is your company got you guys back to work just once a week or one day a week? Yeah. Do they rotate people in and out or is everybody's coming in on Thursday? Yeah, we oh, rotate okay. in and out. So we used to have two floors. When I started there last year, we had two floors, first floor and second floor of a building. And um, when they decided to have everybody come back one day a week, they they consolidated everybody to the second floor, consolidated everyone to the second floor. They, they're subleasing out the first floor. And because everybody's on the second floor now, we can't have everybody come back at once. Okay. Uh, and then in the fall, in September, we're going to go back two days a week, and that's going to be the max. There's not going to be any more than two days oh, a week. Okay. Um, so they must, morning, pretty, they must be pretty happy with the uh, productivity that they're getting out of people working from home. I yeah, I think most companies are. I, I just think that there's a lot of companies that have kind of some older school people at the top who like right. that. Let's come into the office. Although I will say I'm so excited. I got the dress code. I don't know if I talked about this last week. I got the dress code emailed out to me last week before, you know, before Monday. And um, she said, hey, we just want everybody to be comfortable. So if you want to wear shorts and sandals and flip-flops, you can. So this week it's going to be 80 degrees on Thursday. I will be wearing shorts and potentially <laughs> my sandals. We'll see. I don't know yet. Um, Sunday, I have a 7 a.m. tea time again, and I'll write in the afternoon, and then we'll do the podcast afterward. I'll find some time to cut my grass. I'll find some time to get groceries, and that will be my weekend. So my goal for this week is to get through my reread, and I really want to get through that early in the week, but I, I'm not going to – I'm not going to – uh, say I'm going to that my, my hope is I can get through it maybe Wednesday by Wednesday or Thursday and then start writing again at chapter 18. And like I said, chapter 18 is probably about 50% done. There's a ton of notes in there. So that one's going to take some time. But my goal this week is to start, get through the reread and start writing again. Um, and like I said, I also want to add that, that column to my story grid where I give a, a, a few basic general like i'm talking general words nothing specific i don't want to mention character names i just want to say 
you know, dinner scene, something like that. And that's all I want it to be. So yeah, basically the, basically the one line on an index card. Yeah, Or even, exactly. even shorter, yeah. really. Yeah. yeah. Well, this week for me, I'm going to once again try to get back into a routine with the gym. I think what I'm going to have to do is just bite the bullet and force. You know, part of my problem in getting up and going to the gym was the fact that I'm having a hell of a lot of trouble sleeping at night. And I, you know, don't really know why that is, but uh, I generally can't fall asleep till two or three in the morning, which makes getting up, you know, at six or seven really difficult. But I think I'm going to have to bite the bullet because I know if I if I force myself up six or seven for a couple of days in a row, I'll be going to sleep a lot earlier than two or three. I just have to bite the bullet and do it. So I'm going to make another attempt at that this week. Uh, get up, go to the gym. After that, spend you know a few hours writing and do that every single day and see what happens. Um, hopefully by this time next week, I'll be able to report that I'm actually falling back into a routine that I like. But you say writing, but do you mean plotting? Well, yeah, right. Yeah, okay. working on okay. working on writing. In fact, I was just going to say that with the the two big goals this week. Number one would be to go through the comments I got back from the developmental editor and uh, at least take an initial stab at how I'm going to address the things she saw as weaknesses in the current manuscript. Uh, probably won't get around to doing a lot of the actual changing. I may here or there a little bit. Uh, but we'll we'll see what happens. But I definitely need to go through it because I need to get back with her and just let her know, you know, yeah, you know, I appreciate the work that she did and have some. If I have any questions, I want to get those questions to her now before she forgets what she actually said to me. Uh, the other thing I want to do is is finish off the plotting for the novella. I get all the character sheets and well, not character sheets, but you know, get their profiles put together. Have a good idea of where I'm going with each of these characters, how they're going to interact. Since it is a novella, I'm going to keep the cast relatively small, so that shouldn't be too hard to do. And then fill out the rest of the outline. I've got, like I said, a couple of sentences or a short paragraph for each chapter now. I'm going to fill that out a little bit more so that hopefully a week from tomorrow I'll be able to start writing on this. Um, and, and I think seeing the comments from the developmental editor will help a lot in, in structuring the story because I'll know what I, I'm leading into, a, a cleaner version of what um, I'm leading into, and, and have a better idea of how I'm going to have to wrap up this particular story in order to make the next step into the into book one uh, make more sense to people when they, when they go through it. So that, that's pretty much what I'm going to try to do this week. Uh, I didn't really write anything this week, so I just kind of left this my, my part open. But I'm interested in, in seeing what you've got here. Yeah. So I'm I'm let's I want to talk about foreshadowing. Um, okay. I don't know if you did you have you ever seen Shaun of the Dead? No. no. So it's it's one of my favorite moments of foreshadowing in movie history. Is you know in, in the beginning of Shaun, and I've only ever seen it maybe once or twice. Um, I don't really like zombie movies. I don't like bloody stuff, but it's a comedy, and I like those guys, so I've watched it. Um, so Shaun of the Dead starts out with um, one of the characters, and I'm going to mess up the names because I don't know. I haven't, again, I've only seen it once or twice. The, the main character gets dumped by his girlfriend, so he's got, like, a best friend who's, like, a party guy, like a frat boy. They go to a bar, and he says, you know, let's start off with a Bloody Mary, and then we're going to go down to the bar and have a couple of shots, and then we're going to – something to the king, I don't know, but, but – do something to the king. I don't remember what it is. Well, if you go back and look, everything he says in that little paragraph 
is the entire plot of the movie. He says, let's have a Bloody Mary. Well, the first zombie they encounter, his name is Mary, and they shoot her, and she falls on something, gets impaled, and there's blood. And that's what that whole – and it's hilarious. It's so brilliant, and I love it, and I hope to be able to do something even close to that. So um, what I did was I was sitting there on Wednesday, I think it was, and I have this scene – I'm going to – let me just read it. Let me just read it. Okay. Uh, this is um, this is during the middle of a, an argument between my main character Sam and one of the characters Christine. Christine bent over and grabbed a hold of her chair. Sam rushed into her station, pushed past her, and grabbed his laptop. He bumped her mouse to the floor, exploding it into multiple pieces. The battery case flew off, and two batteries shot out like bullets. One of them bounced off the cement floor into the air and hit Christine just below her ear on the left side of her head. The second rolled underneath her station. Later okay. on in the book. She's going to get shot in the head um, by my, my villain. So I thought, well, that's really interesting. I'm going to see if this sounds like, am I, am I, is it too obvious? Is it not obvious enough? Like, I have no idea how it sounds, but I thought I'm going to do it. So then I realized that my villain's going to kill another guy by choking him out. He's going to, he's going to shoot him, but miss. The guy's going to run. He's going to catch him, tackle him. There's going to be a fight and he's going to choke him to death. So, in the next chapter, when my character is interrogating him for the first time, I have this little moment where a dust-up happens. My, th- that guy inhales at the wrong time, and he grabs his throat, and he turns, and he starts coughing and wheezing because he's got a bunch of dust in his throat. And I might even have him say, oh, I'm choking or something. I mean, again, I don't want to be too obvious. I don't want to force it in there. But I'm right. curious what you think of this as an idea. No, I think it's, I think it's a good idea. Um, as long as it's used judiciously, you know, if you did that in every single chapter, readers would, I think, eventually catch on to it. Uh, I think readers probably wouldn't even make the association. I mean, it's, it's occurring in their subconscious for sure, but they wouldn't consciously make the association. Okay. This woman got hit in the head, uh, with a battery. Now she got shot in the head later on. You know, it's probably not, they're not going to make it. These are the kind of Easter eggs that you put in for other writers. In a yeah, way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I really for, I'm, I'm put it in for myself. I'm giggling right. like a madman as I'm sitting here right. writing. On Foreshadowing when it's really well done is not noticed by by the reader. And the only people that really know that it's there. And it's, and it's kind of one of the curses of being a writer is you start seeing foreshadowing everywhere. When when you're watching movies or when you're reading books, you're constantly asking yourself, OK, is this foreshadowing? Is this foreshadowing? You know. Are they trying to tell me something that's going to happen later on? And and a good writer or a good uh, script writer will put stuff in on purpose that looks like foreshadowing, but it really isn't. Mm-hmm. So it, eventually, it really serves the purpose of a red herring red to the herring, reader. Yeah. Yeah, it gets the reader off on a, a different direction than where the story is actually going to go. But, no, I like the idea of doing that. And, you know, we got to do the things that we do in these stories. Uh, you know, if you, if you did them by rote all the time – it would uh, get really boring fast. You know, you got to do things, like you said, that make you giggle. <laughs> so. Right. And now there's one more murder that's going to happen, um, I believe, from my main, my main villain. He's going to commit one more murder. And I may try to work it in there, too, to have those three as the only three places where this kind of thing happens. But I, I feel like as long as I don't come right out and say, two batteries shot out, one of them bounced off the cement, hit, hit her in the in the in the ear on the left side of her head as if she were shot you know as yeah, long as you no, don't do right. like that then right. I, if i keep it super subtle i i i'm and my hope is like that somewhere one reader understands what just happened and i'm curious 
Will they, will they, I'm wondering, will people actually think of it at this scene? Will they think of it when she gets shot? Will they remember back to the scene or will they not think about it at all? I have no idea, but you know, I'm hoping one person remembers it. Right. Right. Yeah. It's going to depend on who's reading it. Probably. Like I said, Mm -hmm. if it's, if it's another writer or somebody who reads a lot, they're going to be analyzing everything that they, they read and thinking in their head, okay, how does this pertain to the story? Does it, is this telling me something about what's going to happen in the future? Right, or is it just a, yeah. a, a just a weird description? Right, uh, right. So, okay, well, that is all I have. Do you have anything else? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, except uh, I was just to make a comment. You said that uh, you don't like zombie movies. I don't. I don't read zombie fiction. I don't have never really watched zombie movies, except for I have watched the Zombie Land movies. I don't know if you've seen those or not. Is that Woody Harrelson? With, yeah, Woody Harrelson. Not. They're hilarious. Huh. Uh, and uh yeah if 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 you if you like comedy zombie movies those are good ones to watch. Uh I just don't like the bloody I don't like a lot of blood right. flying around even right, if it's like right. so obviously fake like I'll never watch a horror movie like a Friday the 13th I've never seen those I never will. Um so those movies are, I want to watch them like what I'll do is I'll go read the wikipedia and the the plot itself and go oh this is really good and that's like how I enjoy the movie for some of those really bloody ones which is yeah. well I just yeah. I do the same thing. I mean, there's not enough hours in your life to watch all the movies and things that are out there. So you have to pick and choose. And, you know, if, if somebody, if you're interested in stories, then that's Wikipedia is your best friend. If you just yeah. want to figure out what the plot was and whether it makes any sense or not. Also, the other best friend is is YouTube, where you have these channels that do the little five, ten minute recaps of the movies. And I watch those sometimes. Yeah, I've never seen a Marvel movie, but I've seen every pitch meeting by Ryan George for the Marvel movies where he just makes fun of them and they're hilarious. So I like, I know the plot of all these Marvel movies, even I've never seen one. So, right. Right. Yeah. Uh, are you a gamer by any chance? Are you Not really. Um, okay. I, I, I think I want to be, but I just don't have the time to sit down. I don't think I'd be very good at it either. So not really. Have you seen free guy? By any chance? No, I don't, I don't know what that is. No, uh, it's, it's, it's a movie where the, where the, the premise or the plot. Yeah. The prop limit plot premise is Ryan Reynolds' character is a non-player character in a video game who suddenly, <laughs> who suddenly comes to awareness and is trying to get out of the video game, I think, is what is what the, it boils down to. It's supposed to be really good. I almost watched it this week, except they won't let you rent it. You have to buy it. And I wasn't willing at the time to spend 20 bucks on it. Where's it at? Um, well, since you have to pay 20 bucks on it, you can probably get it off of anything. Um, I, I don't know exactly. I have a, a fire stick on my TV, so I just search by voice and all, okay, all kinds of things. Oh, it says – oh, you know what? It says that it's included with my – it says it's included with with subscription on Spectrum, HBO Max, and Disney, and I have all three of those. Oh, good. Then you get it for free. Oh, I'm going to check that out. Okay. That's yeah, it's, it was, it was uh, Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's got a huge score on it for uh, – no, movies. check it out. And I do like Ryan Reynolds, so I'll check that out. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I, I think he's hilarious. He was hilarious yeah. in the Deadpool movies. Uh, I don't know if you've seen those or not. <laughs> nope. <Okay>. Nope. <laughs> those right. those okay. are good. Those are good comedy. Those are good, uh, you know, uh, comic book movies that are, are actually comedies as opposed to a lot of the Avenger movies and things. Yeah. 
All right. Well, if you have nothing else, that is the end of the podcast for this week. Uh, I mean, an hour. It's short for us. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um, hopefully we have more news next week that'll take us longer, but that's good. Um, you can contact me, Jerry at jerryevanoff.com. You can go to my website, jerryevanoff.com. Uh, find me on Twitter, jerrye25 on Facebook, jerryevanoff author. Um, I'm on Snapchat and I'm on Instagram, even though I do nothing on Instagram and do everything on Snapchat. Um, I think I've posted, I don't know, approximately 77 snaps in the last week of just the weather itself. So if that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will. Um, <laughs> do you like what we all do here? Um, you can find us at, uh, you can, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash Jerry Evanoff and you can donate, uh, and, and anything you donate helps us uh, keep the podcast going and it also will contribute to the Lindsay Rich Jerry dinner the next time the three of us are in the same physical location at the same time. Um, you can email me at rich at richcasey.com or you can find me on Facebook at Rich Casey Author. And I've been getting a few views and likes on my Facebook page recently. I don't know if that's coming off the podcast here or from the ads that we were running, but I promise if it, if it's you guys out there from the podcast that are looking at my page, I promise I'll start actually posting things there. <laughs> uh, maybe this week. You never know. You never know. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll, uh, we'll talk yep. to you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the New Author Podcast. Check back next week for another episode. And for more information, find Jerry at www.jerryevanoff.com and Lindsay at www.lindsayevanoff.com. 